I think the the one thing to know about grief is um, even that once it starts to subside, it can come back and smack you in the face harder as, as the day they died. Welcome to the podcast, Share Your Story, Exploring Humanity One Heart at a Time. I am your host, Jenny Diltz, and I help people convert their grief into growth in their own way and in their own time. This is a podcast where we dive deeply into the stories that make us who we are and show us who we can become. Together, we share real-life experiences of growth through our grief. I can be found at grievingcoach.com. Make sure you subscribe to the show so you don't miss exclusive interviews and some of my own tidbits and insights on grief. Welcome to another episode of Share Your Story. I'm so happy that you're here today. Today's guest is Suzanne Shea. Suzanne is passionate about helping people. Her blog, Swell Rising, is only the beginning of her journey to help others through life after loss. She's been through a lot in her 50 years of life and feels stronger and more confident than ever, thanks in part to the roadblocks and tragedies that have occurred along the way. As she entered her 40s, Suzanne realized that she had sacrificed so much of herself for her family that she forgot who she is as an individual. Then in 2017, when she was 44, her husband died suddenly from a massive heart attack, and she was thrust into a life of grief, solo parenting, and eventually self-discovery. Suzanne offers sustainable wellness education for life after loss. If there is a swell rising in your life from death, divorce, or the natural progression of life's events, it can either swallow you whole, or you can use it to lift you up. Join Suzanne and ride the wave to reach your full potential. Suzanne, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank Um, you so much for having me. (laughs) I know you've experienced a lot in your life already, and I really admire the work that you're doing. Thank you Um, so much. So I'm excited for our conversation today. Me too. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) But before we get into your story, tell us where our listeners can find you. Um, So I have a website at swellrising.com. And I also have a page on Facebook, which is called Swell Rising. And on Instagram, it's at Swell Rising. So um, any of those places. Awesome. So let's jump right in. Um, You talked about how when you were 44, your husband had a massive heart attack and died suddenly. Yes. Yeah. Uh, He was, um, he was, uh, I guess I was not home. I was at work and I guess he was um, headed out and um, must have come back home and thinking that something was not right and ended up collapsing in our driveway. And uh, I was grateful that somebody walking by called 911 and uh, the ambulance got there um, and then took him to the hospital. Um, and, then, and that's when I got a call from social worker at the hospital to come because my husband was there. And honestly, he'd had some medical issues, just minor stuff, you know, like gallstones or just stuff, you know, it just always seemed to be something. So I wasn't overly concerned when the hospital called. <laughs> like, um, uh, and we'd been in a car accident a few, you know, years earlier and he'd had some residual effects from that. And so I just wasn't really concerned, but then 
uh, when I got to the hospital, the cardiologist came in and told me he had a 5% chance of survival. Um, and that was pretty shocking. Um, pretty, pretty awful. So, um, they actually managed to keep him alive for almost 48 hours on machines and then his body just wasn't responding. So I made the decision with the blessing of his parents to, to turn the machines off. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's a lot, you know, um, yeah, it was, it was pretty, it's just, I always kind of say like, uh, his death is kind of like this claw machine just came and pulled him out of our lives. Like it was so sudden and fast and unexpected that we just were kind of blindsided by the whole mm-hmm. thing. I just didn't really see, um, anything coming, you know, and I, and I don't know that one way is better than the other. I know some people like, you know, they, they pass away after a long illness. And so you have more time to talk about things, you know, we didn't talk about anything, you know, like, I mean, you know, like, I just, we never thought to talk about, you know, end of life and like what would happen if one of us died and like, it just wasn't, doesn't something people really want to talk about, you know, like it's, I always feel like they're going to jinx themselves, you know, like, oh, if we talk about it, then it's going to happen, you know, like, and, and then what ends up happening is it, it happens and you haven't talked about it. <laughs> so, um, so we just didn't have that, but, it, you know, I don't think whether it's sudden or after an extended illness, I don't think one is like, like better than the other, but like, they're just different experiences. And so mm-hmm. are very sudden in that we just had to figure things. It was, it was kind of from my daughter, especially she was nine at the time and it was very much like uh she was in denial like I just don't think she could even fathom what had happened like I mean at that age like how do you even make sense of the fact that your dad just doesn't exist anymore like it's just it's it's so far beyond what you could comprehend at nine so how did you work through that um like I, it was just uh, the first year, really, especially the first month was a kind of a blur. Um, mm-hmm. and, um, I don't remember a lot. I do remember like, cause we ended up having, a like a celebration of life, like six weeks after he died. And so I did some planning for that. I don't really remember. I remember some people, but not all of them, like who was there and stuff like that. And, it just really, my, my friends and family just really rallied right away. Um, I had initially posted on Facebook that I just needed prayers and I am not necessarily, I don't go to church on a regular basis. I don't pray. So I think a lot of people knew something really (laughs) drastic was happening. And so even from the get-go, I had people praying and, and sending good thoughts and good vibes and things. And, and then after he died, um, they set up a GoFundMe and um, I had a friend who organized a bunch of people to come over to my house. Like if I needed stuff done, you know, like just work done around the house or whatever. We were actually in the middle of a kitchen remodel when my husband died. And luckily the bulk of it was done so we could, you know, function in the kitchen, but there was just some of the, mm-hmm. you know, crown molding and stuff like that, that still needed to be done. And so 
it was a lot. And then trying to manage, you know, my priority at first was the kids. Yeah. My, my daughter, as I said, was nine and my son was 11. And so I just thought for them, like, my God, like all of a sudden they have one parent that's gone. And so I put them into therapy, which they did not enjoy. <laughs> um, it wasn't really their thing. And we come mm-hmm. to find out that they just, the last thing they wanted to do was talk about it. Like when they eventually went back to school, I just told all my friends, you know, their friends, parents, like they just don't want to talk about it. Like they don't like having the focus on them of like, oh, your dad died. Like, but you know, they did just want it to be fit in, be normal, not stand out and not have attention drawn to them. So people were very respectful of that, but it was a crazy time because I'm trying to manage their grief and mine. And we're all in different places, like different triggers for each of us. And it just, it's been chaotic, but I'd say the one thing that I did that I'm really glad is um, I never hid anything from my children. Like, obviously, you know, my mom and some of my close friends saw more, you know, more mm-hmm. in depth, but I didn't hide in the shower or like, like if something bad, I would just cry, you know, like, I think it was really important for my kids to see that it's okay to cry. Yeah. And also I just really didn't want them to be like old, you know, adults and go, well, my mom, you know, my dad died when I was nine or 11 and my mom just went on with her life. <laughs> like I just like, mm-hmm. um, I want them to know this was, this was big. Yeah. You know, and that I'm feeling it with them and that it's, it's, um, it's okay to cry. It's okay to be mad. It's okay to anything. It's all okay. You know, like it's all different for everyone. So that was really important to me that they see that. That's such an amazing gift. Even like, and I, I don't see, I don't want to sound like dismissive of the pain and the chaos and like the anger and everything mm-hmm. that comes with it. Um, I don't want to dismiss any of that because that's, right. that's so real. And so, um, so profound, um, rather, um, like in addition to acknowledging that I want mm-hmm. to also acknowledge the gift that you gave your kids to express whatever you needed to express, to feel whatever you needed to feel so that they could mm-hmm. see that and that they could yeah. know thank you this is all okay yeah it's all i mean we are all just figuring it out it's not like there's a playbook for how to do this you know and even mm-hmm. you know people gave me books on grief and i just it doesn't it didn't matter to me like it just everybody's living their own experience you know and so yeah. everybody's handling it different and that's goes for my kids and me, you know, you know, like we're just in different places and different things. And I think for them, some things might become more evident as they get older. You know, my son is going to graduate from high school in June. And I feel like that might be kind of monumental, you know, dad's not there kind of thing, you know, mm-hmm. obviously my daughter does the same thing in a couple of years. And then when she gets married, you know, like, you know, just stuff, these big events where I think it'll be more impactful for my kids that they don't have somebody but um you know they don't have that male influence you know their father you know um 
but it was just really important to me to, to just do my best to meet their needs and be everything I could for them so that they could just, you know, I wanted things to be as, as normal as they could be, you know, mm-hmm. like it was, I had this impulse early on to just move. <laughs> I just want to maybe I'll get a new job. I'll move to another part of the world. I don't know. Like, I just, but then, you know, I it just, I, I think I just wanted everything to be different, you know, like it's just it was hard to be around this house and look at the things that, you know, think of all the memories and all this stuff, but realistically that's where we belong. I feel like, you know, and I didn't want to uproot my kids or have, you know, yet another big change for them. So um, we've stayed where we were and, and I'm really happy about that. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned that your focus was initially on your kids and their grief. Mm Mm-hmm. How did you make time for yourself and your own grief? Um, it, it's definitely tricky. Um, because you know they're they're mine twenty four seven. You know, and um, I don't. You know, like that's the one thing. Like, um, you know, I think um people sometimes make the comparison between like death and divorce, but it's just very different. Like, I don't have anybody I can, um put them with I mean I, I I do like my mom's around you know and and so that's helpful like she would take them sometimes and she actually moved in with us for the first month um so she would like help with the kids and then I could you know if I needed to disappear to my room to cry like I I could do that but um but I definitely my my grief was an afterthought they really kind of like I just really was so much more focused on the kids and making sure they were okay and had what they needed and um, I just remember, you know, I, I just, I remember like it was back to school night, like I think five or six days after my husband died and I went oh. and people were like, why are you here? And I was like, because this is where I belong. Like, I just, this is it, you know? So eventually, um, I did little things for myself, um, fairly early on. I think within the first couple of months, I decided to hire a personal trainer and, um, get into shape. And I think part of that was motivated by like, I mean, I don't think my, my husband had a widowmaker heart attack and I'm not sure that it was like directly related to like his overall health, you know, like that he was eating poorly or, you know, like, but I just felt this desire to like stay alive. Like, you know, like I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm what my kids have left. And so, um, I wanted to get in shape. And so I hired a personal trainer and she would come over to my house once a week and, and we developed quite a friendship as well during that time. Like we would talk while I was doing exercises and, um, and we're still friends to this day. And, um, uh, she's been, you know, just, I think the exercise, the endorphins, that kind of stuff that was really helpful to me, um, to just kind of clear things, you know, and I could talk to her and, you know, it was just, it was all kind of, um, as form of therapy for me. And, mm-hmm. um, and then additionally, like pretty soon after that, I hired a professional organizer to help me organize, um, my house. Like we just always seem to have like clutter and like there's piles of paper everywhere. And so it just, I felt this need to like clear that stuff. And so, um, she was another person in my life that, uh, you know, came along and was just such a, a grounding force for me, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, 
and she just didn't pass any judgment. There were certain things that I wanted to hang on to just because they were my husband's or I wasn't ready to get, you know, and there was just no judgment around that. So it was kind of a process for me of doing other things like to better myself or to better my life. That is kind of how I got through it all and how I um, was able to kind of manage my own grief. And then eventually I did reach out and find a therapist that I could talk to on a weekly basis. And that was, was helpful as well to just kind of manage my own feelings. Um, and you know, without my kids around. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, what, what do you think the, the most surprising thing was in your grief or has been? Um, that's a good question. Um, I don't know, I guess, um, (laughs) um, the most surprising thing in grief, I think has been, um, really, I think just how well I've managed everything. Um, mm-hmm. um, I think that helped to give me a sense of control and self-esteem that I never really knew. Like it, it kind of put me to a test of sorts and I feel like I did really pretty well considering the circumstances. And I um, always say that like, you know, I did all these things, you know, for my kids and for myself because I didn't have a choice. And I was talking to my daughter about six months ago and she said, but you did have a choice. Like she'd seen some story on the news or something that some woman whose husband had died and she just stopped like caring for her children and, you know, just, you know, got into alcohol and drugs and like, it just, and and, and I guess that was an option. It just never felt like one for me. And, Mm -hmm. um, so it was just kind of eye-opening, I think, just that that I was able to weather all this. So my husband has always been such a grounding support for me. So the fact that I could get through all this without him was impressive to me. You know, like it just really, it means a lot to me that I was able to to do that and to persevere. Yeah, that's amazing. So, so amazing. So talking about your husband, what, what do you think he would um, think about you and the woman that you've become now? um, I think he'd be really proud of me. I think, um, you know, I, I've talked with some friends over time and I, I just, um, you know, I don't know that I would have quite gone on the path of self-discovery that I have had he not died like mm-hmm. maybe I would have gotten there eventually once the kids were out of the house you know and I might have returned back and figured out you know what do I want to do with my life you know but I was kind of faced with doing that sooner while the yeah. kids are here and um you know I just I do a lot more for myself I, I a couple of years ago I started taking voice lessons and and I started doing, um, you know, karaoke more often. I've performed a couple times and I really like singing and performing. And 
And so it just, it lights me up in a way that, that few things do. And it, and it just, that I've been able to pursue that and do that. And I'm having so much fun with it. And, um, I've really gotten back into swimming and, you know, I enjoy doing that. And so I'm just doing a lot. Um, I do, you know, a lot of things with my friends, you know, either whether it's, you know, lunches or dinners or, you know, weekend trips or whatever. So I, I definitely make time for myself and I, I'm confident and proud of who I am in a way that I have never been before. And I think he would be really proud of that and admire the person um, that I've become. I think he's, he's always been super supportive of, of everything I've wanted to do and mm -hmm. stood behind me no matter what. And so I think he'd be really proud of the person I've become and, and how I've managed to have all this, you know, self-discovery and growth despite not having him here. So I think yeah. he'd be really proud of me. That's awesome. I would be too, if I were him. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's, it's not an easy feat. Um, like your daughter pointed out, you did have the choice to <laughs> stop living, to yeah. go to yeah. other methods of coping like drugs or alcohol, mm -hmm. but you didn't. Yeah. You chose to help your children grieve and give them the best life possible. Give mm -hmm. yourself mm -hmm. the best life possible. Amazing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's, um, it's interesting. I was at a, an event, um, early in my grief, there's a, an event that happens every year called camp widow. And it's, um, in a, a weekend long, um, like retreat for widows, and they have workshops for different things. And one of them was on like the different types of widows. And I was listening to all these descriptions of, you know, and there were people who are drinking or doing drugs and that kind of thing, or, or that maybe were sleeping around. Like there were these different personas they were talking about. And then they were talking about the healthy one who like does all the right thing, you know, does, you know, make, does better themselves or, you know, does things. And, and I was like, hey, I guess that's me. Like I, you know, like, and it's, um, I'm really proud of that. I chose that route, you know, and, and not only chose it, but it just felt like there was no alternative. Like yeah. I just, I couldn't, I didn't see, I couldn't see how I could possibly curl up in a ball and just give up. Like, I just, if, if anything, my husband dying just propelled me to do more, you know, mm -hmm. like, um, whereas, you know, you, you've been married, we'd been married for almost 14 years. We had two kids and, you know, you kind of get to a point where you're just kind of, you know, phoning it in a little bit, <laughs> like you're not putting in the effort that maybe you did. And, and, um, and then he died. And then it was like, I just had to launch into action. And, um, and I did, you know, and I, and I, it went and changed the thing, you know, about how I handled everything. Mm-hmm. What's the most important thing that your grief has taught you? Um, I think it's taught me to be a kinder person. You know, I, I definitely, like, I've always had this belief that like, you know, um, people are going through something, you know, I deal with um, difficult people sometimes in my job and, you know, and even in life, you know, you know, in the grocery store parking lot, like looking for a parking space or something, you know, you come across people that are angry or, um, irritated or, or whatever. And, um, it's really just helped me 
just to have the perspective that you really just don't know what's going on with people and um just to be kind like there's very few people i think in this world that are like mean to the court like just for the sake of being mean you know like i think that's pretty rare i think it's all because of something that's happened in their life whether it was a childhood thing or something they're going through right now whether it be you know they've just lost somebody in their life or they're going through a nasty divorce or whatever like there's some reason why they're acting that way and to just offer them more grace than mm-hmm. I would you know instead of being reactive and and argumentative and wanting to fight back or whatever you know with them like I just okay okay you know like clearly there's something going on there so I think um it's just given me a perspective that I never had before that like yeah. you know you always have this fear that something bad could happen and then something really did happen and and it just made me kind of realize, you know, that everybody's going through something. Um, and I'd like to think it's made me, you know, a better support to others who are going through something similar. Mm-hmm. Do you think you would have had these lessons had your husband not died? I don't think so. I don't know. I mean, I, I, you know, my, my dad, my dad died 10 years ago and, and it just wasn't the same, you know, like, I think like I didn't walk away with that same perspective. I think, um, you know, having such a monumental loss as a spouse, like that really just kind of that provided the lesson more than any other experience. So I don't think so. I mean, I think it would take some thing pretty major to mm-hmm. to kind of really learn that lesson I mean I, I would like to think I could have you know come to that place and um on my own or w- without that happening but um I do try and I always try to look at the silver linings of things and um I do feel like as much as I miss my husband and I'm so sad that he died like and I would take him back in a heartbeat um there are positives that have come out of it you know like that you know I feel like I'm a better person I'm trying to make myself a better person I'm a better mom um just a better better in a lot of ways and I think his death kind of put those things into motion Mm -hmm. and so you know while I would take him back in a heartbeat I I just have to be grateful for all that's come all the positive that's come from this experience yeah how long did it take to be able to find the silver lining um I think it's been kind of a process like I um there it's just it's kind of been gradual like there even like you know like I said my husband died in our driveway like he was on his way somewhere and then came back and collapsed and even shortly after that I was thinking my god thank god he was outside because if he'd been in the house nobody would have seen him he wouldn't have been given any kind of opportunity in the hospital to live like he likely would have just died right in our living room and my kids would have come home and found him you know so like even at that point the fact that he was outside meant somebody could call 911. It meant that he wasn't there when my kids got home. They were shielded from that whole 
situation until I was ready to tell them. So pretty early on, those silver linings kind of started appearing, Mm -hmm. but the overall sense of like positive came out of this is, is really been kind of a gradual building of things, you know, and I, I think it's just been really important even like when we when we marked the first anniversary of my husband dying my kids went and I went to Pismo Beach and I had read this article beforehand about reaching the one year mark and how this other widow had really treated it like a celebration not like oh we're sad like he's been gone for a year it's like oh my god we made it through the year you know and we did this we survived a year without him and so I really took that kind of angle with it like we let's you know we went out to dinner my mom came with us and it was me and my mom and the kids and we went out to dinner and we toasted to a year surviving without him and so it's just been we've always tried to look at the positive because it's so it would be so easy to just get drowned in the negative you know Mm -hmm. and so I have to hang on to those little silver linings to kind of get through all the bad stuff yeah and not everybody can do that yeah not everybody's in that place not everybody chooses that option no and so I'm grateful that I can find them and there are definitely days when I don't see them (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know I just I get um really down and you know and somebody will say to me like something positive or uplifting and you know and they mean well and I'm just not in a place to hear it. You know, I just, you know, and I'm not, I don't want to hear the silver linings. You know, I want to be realistic about that. It's not like it's all, you know, rainbows and unicorns over here. (laughs) Like just looking at all the silver linings. There's definitely times when I don't want to see them. Um, But those days are fewer and far between, you know, as time goes on, I think um, it's been a little over five years now since my husband died and, um, it's easier to see the silver linings and those days of where I don't want to see them are less and less often. Yeah. So thinking about um, people who mean well, but say things that are (laughs) not (laughs) beneficial at all. (laughs) Yeah. Um, What can people do to help (laughs) someone who is grieving? (sighs) Yeah. Um, it's hard. It's funny because I, I, I see people obviously all the time going through different types of grief, whether, you know, I, I feel like there's been a string of people this year that I went to high school with who's have had parents die. And, and I would like to think that, you know, having been through what I've been through, that I would know exactly what to say, but I still find myself at a loss for words. Sometimes I'm just, I think because I'm so aware of how it feels when somebody says something that kind of hits wrong that I don't want to do that, you know? And I, and I honestly, I mean, people said some, some strange things, you know, (laughs) but I just, I, I really, I just think we're not equipped in our society to deal with grief or death or like to know how to handle it. So people just are kind of awkward about it sometimes. And, and I really kind of tried to look at all of it, you know, the things that, that really were heartwarming and other things that were kind of like, what? Um, like, cause I've had people say, you know, oh, I'm so sorry your husband died. You know, my dog had cancer, so I know what you're going through and, you know, and, and, and I, 
it's not the same, you know, unfortunately. Right. Um, but um, but I do, I, I did always manage to kind of find an appreciation for the trying, the trying to connect, you know, like, because maybe they've been through nothing like this. So the closest thing they can think of is that their dog had cancer or whatever. And like, and that was awful. So I really did try to, it didn't really harbor any ill will against anybody or feel badly about anything anybody said. I knew they were trying, um, trying to relate, trying to be comforting in their own way. I don't feel like anybody has ever said anything, you know, malicious to me and, you know, or with malicious intent. And, um, so I think the best thing really is to just kind of try to meet people where they're at. Um, if they want to talk, then listen, if they seem to want you to respond or to offer advice or something, then do that. But I, I, I think you just kind of, one thing I read, one book I read shortly after my husband died, my mom got me the option B. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, it talks in there about the platinum rule versus the golden one where you, the platinum rule states that you do unto others as they would want done to them, not as you would want done to you. And, um, and that really struck me, you know, you have to really kind of think about not what would you want in that situation, but what do they want right now? Mm -hmm. Like, do they just want you to listen? Do they just want you to sit there and be quiet with them? And, um, yeah, because I think we have such a tendency in society to fix things, you know, oh, you're sad. Let me fix it. Let me bring you yeah. a bowl of soup or, you know, let's watch a funny movie or let's, but it's okay to just be sad. It's okay to not be okay, you know, and to just kind of sit with people. And I think one of the big things is just know that everybody grieves differently mm-hmm. and you really, like, even though all I've been through I would never think to tell another widow that she's doing it wrong or my way was better or like, you know, like I think everybody's different, you know, there are some things you hear like, um, you know, people dating like six weeks later or something like that, like that doesn't seem like something I would want to do, but we're all different, you know, like, and people talk about like how long they wear their rings, you know, um, I wore my wedding ring for about a year and then decided not to. I know people have worn them for five years or longer and it, it's all a personal decision. Like, and it's just, you know, and I, well, I haven't worn mine in at least a year. I decided to wear my husband's yesterday, like just randomly, like, and just go with the flow. Just like, don't put anything on them. Oh, you should do this or you should do that. Mm-hmm. Like, I always like, like the, and stop shitting on yourself. <laughs> my favorite. I love that. Yes. And don't shit on other people either. Like you should do this or like you should be over it by now or you should this, you know, and it's, I think the, the one thing to know about grief is um, even that once it starts to subside, it can come back and smack you in the face harder as, as the day they died, you know, and mm-hmm. it could be something minor or something big that happens, but it just, it's often unexpected. And to just give these people, you know, anybody grieving, give them grace. So well said. Um, there are so many things that you touched on um, about shitting on yourself and others. Yeah, that's, 
it's it's a common thing that we do in our date like in all aspects of life and it's not helpful there either no and it's especially not helpful in grief (laughs) because we are all different yeah (laughs) all of our experiences are different all of our personalities are different our upbringings our perspective of Mm -hmm. grief our relationship with it yeah and even even if you haven't like you said you hadn't worn a wedding ring for like a year and then you one day put your husband's ring on Mm-hmm. And it can go just like the waves behind you. I love that. Um, yeah. It's up and down, back and forth, like the tide ebbs and flows. Sometimes it's high tide. Sometimes it's low tide. Sometimes it's a wave that knocks you off your feet and drags you under. And sometimes exactly. it's a fun, oh, yeah, I'm going to jump over the wave. <laughs> yeah, you just really never know. Like grief is just, um, it's unlike anything I've ever encountered you know it's it's all over the place it's it's good and it's bad it's up and it's down it's like all the things that you said you know like um and you just a lot of times you just don't know like I mean there were holidays you know I thought oh Christmas is going to be hard you know and so I'm bracing myself for Christmas and then Thanksgiving was awful that first year <laughs> like it was just my son both my kids really loved Thanksgiving and and it was just really evident that my husband wasn't there and you know, it is just the things. And I, and then I was bracing myself for our first father's day and mother's day was awful because my kids were upset. They didn't have their dad to help shop. You know, you just don't know, like you just don't know, um, what in your life is going to be the thing, the triggers, the, and it could be different, you know, like now we get through, you know, Thanksgiving and father's day, no problem. (laughs) Um, but, but it could change, you know, next Thanksgiving could, something could happen. You just, there's no, there's no rule book for grief. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no, this is the way it's going to happen. And, you know, so it's really, it's hard to support people in grief, but I think that's why it's so important to just sit back and let them tell you what they need, you know, yeah. and, and just be there, just be yeah. there. Some of my favorite things when, after my husband, I, like people would text me just nice things, you know, like thinking about you or stuff like that. And I love that because I didn't have to respond. It wasn't a phone call where I had to like, okay, now I have to talk to somebody <laughs> was a text. And if I wanted to respond, I could. And if I didn't, I, at least I knew somebody was thinking about me. So mm-hmm. stuff like that was, was really helpful, you know, yeah. to just know people were there. And if I wanted to reach out, I could. And if I didn't, I didn't have to. What others? What are some other things that helped you in your grief? Um, I think um, I think I was very fortunate to have a a good circle of people. Um, mm-hmm. um, you know, to people to pitch in and um provide meals and and do that kind of stuff, and so that was super helpful to just not have to be on all the time and figure it all out because people were helping me figure it out. Um, and I think, um, talking and connecting, I've always been, um, you know, a talker, a relationship person. I've always surrounded myself with them, like been like a social person. And so, um, I finding that I really draw something from that. Like I really thrive 
on connection. Like sometimes if I'm having a bad day where I'm like thinking about my husband or I'm feeling sad or whatever, I will reach out to friends and like see how they're doing. And like, it's like, I just want to help somebody else and kind of get out of my own head kind of thing. Um, so I will, you know, just kind of, and I, I think it offers some perspective too, that I'm not the only one struggling. Like I know my friends are going through others, you know, there's all kinds of stuff always going on and, um, to kind of reach out to them and try to be a support to them has actually helped me in my own grief. And, um, and I think just having the space and the ability to, to just tell my friends what I did and didn't want. I mean, there were some things, um, like I got meals, but they were coming every day and they were, it was too many. Like we, just, mm-hmm. <laughs> we couldn't keep up. And I, so I had to kind of say, stop, you know, and that was hard, you know, cause people were trying to help and, um, but you know, it was okay. Like I just needed to set boundaries for myself and, and I'm grateful that I had the people around me that allowed me to, to do that without judgment, you know, mm-hmm. like it just, um, nobody knows what you're going to need when your husband dies. And I didn't either, but we're all figuring it out together. So, um, you know, I have to be, um, the one. And I, I think that's something that I've heard a lot from my friends because I've always written about this, even before I started my blog, like just my experiences, what's happening, you know, just the, the random secondary losses that people don't think about, you know, like, um, my son got his braces off and I was crying in the waiting room because my husband was alive when he got his braces on, you know, like, and just those random things that you don't think about. So I think, um, just having the ability to share those experiences and, and to talk when I wanted to talk was, was incredibly helpful. That's awesome. So good to have a community, even if that's a community of one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's so much. Um, I don't want to say easier. Um, because grief is often not easy. Right. But it it does take some of that burden, that responsibility, that heaviness mm-hmm. away just a little bit. Yeah. Which is, which is helpful. You know, I think, um, one of the messages I've heard so much that I think is, is helpful is to just do, don't ask, just do, you know, like, cause if you ask a widow, like, how can I help you? Or let me know if you need anything, you're not going to hear from them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cause it's really hard to ask for help, you know? And so there were people who just showed up and did things or just, made things happen and that was so helpful because I didn't have to ask you know it's hard to ask you know because I'm always thinking well I know I don't want to ask that person to do this because I know they've been working a lot lately and their mom is sick or like I'm thinking all the things you know like get making up all their excuses for them and so I think um ask for what you need and let other people tell you if they're too busy or they don't have time or whatever, like don't make that decision for them. So that's been, been helpful as well. That's awesome. 
So we've talked a lot about moving through our grief and dealing with our grief and getting um, getting to a place where we can see the silver linings and grow from our grief. What about for people who aren't at that place yet, who, who still feel stuck in their grief? Um, yeah. And, um, I've definitely encountered, you know, like in the, in the world of widows, there's definitely, you know, we're all different, like we've said, and, you know, everybody reacts a little bit differently. Um, I think, you know, sometimes it just requires baby steps, you know, maybe, um, maybe you can't hire a personal trainer and start a new workout routine or, you know, hire a professional organizer and, and reorganize your whole house or, you know, like that's, those are big things, you know, but, but maybe just look around and see like what would make things just a little bit better. Like if you want to get healthier, or you want to, you know, um, get into shape or, you know, just feel better about yourself physically, like just walk around the block, you know, it doesn't have to be so big, you know, um, I, I tend to be the type of person that's an all or nothing thinker. Mm-hmm. Like either I'm going to work out hard for an hour or th- there's no point in bothering, you know? <laughs> um, and that's something I've learned over time is like, you just have to start small and meet yourself where you're at, you know, like um, I, um, it, it, there's a lot of pivoting that goes on and, just kind of, I guess, focus on, on what would make you happier or feel better. And then try to find some small way to, to work in that direction. doesn't have to be a big gesture or a grand action. It can just be something very small and you just commit to doing it, you know, every day or three times a week or whatever, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. you're comfortable with, just set some sort of goal for yourself. And, um, and then just kind of see if you can grow from there. You know, sometimes, you know, some of this stuff has been a process for me, you know, like it's not like I just whipped in action and knew exactly what to do. It's been a lot of trial and error, a lot of trying different things and, and, and pivoting. Pivoting is a big thing. You have to kind of regroup and figure out, you know, things didn't quite go the way you wanted them to. So now you got to try something else. And I think if you just keep trying, you know, just don't give up, you know, mm-hmm. uh, just keep thinking like forward thinking, you know, like how can I make tomorrow just a little bit better, you know, whatever that means for you, whatever better means, whether it means, you know, reaching out to a friend for coffee or going for a walk around the block or whatever it is that you need in your life just start small and, and don't, cause it, sometimes I think it can get overwhelming. Well, I have to, you know, I should be doing all these things, you know, mm-hmm. and trying to do them all at once. And now you're overwhelmed. And, and I think it's um, true too. Like, I think with the, you know, we're just getting through the holidays here. And um, I, after my husband died, I just started asking my kids, like, what was important to them? You know, like, do you want to go get pumpkin? for Halloween like you know doing all these things that they don't care about you know so I think 
we're just constantly regrouping and pivoting. You know, a couple of years ago, we got an artificial tree. We don't do the 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 tree farm anymore. You know, and and that works for us. You know, like and I think there's often this pressure to to continue things the way that they were, and they mm-hmm. don't have to be. Yeah. It can be different. You can start new traditions. You can hang on to some of the old ones. But I think, you know, it's for me, it's been really important to keep checking in with my kids, you know, like, are you, are we still like, cause I don't want to, it'd be really easy for me to overwhelm myself trying to do all the things, but I'm only one person. And so let's just talk about what's really important to you. And that changes every year, you know, like mm-hmm. it could, you know, like sometimes things are important, some things not so important, you know, and that changes all the time. So they just keep having conversations, you know, and even with yourself, like yeah. do, do this, you know, like what's really important to me? Are you doing things because you always have, or because it's something you really draw joy from? Mm-hmm. So just focus on the things that, that make you happy. That's awesome. And I'm so glad that you included asking yourself those things too. Yeah. <laughs> because you're a big part of your life. <laughs> it's true well and you know and I know not everybody has kids or you know like that or their kids are grown or whatever but like you know it's uh we get stuck sometimes I think and well we've always done this so let's just keep doing it but do I want to do this like maybe I want to do something different you know like so it's important to check in with yourself too Mm -hmm. awesome so you talked about another thing that you talked about is your sustainable wellness education for life after loss. Tell us more about that. So um, I recently, um, well, I think it's been in May, um, started a blog um, where I mostly talk about my own experiences with grief and just the daily life that I'm living and, um, and try to kind of encourage people to um, join me on the journey and, and answer some of the questions that I'm asking, you know, I um, challenge people to think about things a little bit differently or to, you know, question themselves or, you know, like try to think of how they can better their lives, better their lives in just a small way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's those little tiny changes that can make a big difference overall. And so, um, but it's been a continual process for me, like for, for this beginning part, I've focused a lot on, on talking about my own situation, um, and how I've kind of grown and, and highlighting some of the people like my personal trainer and my professional organizer that, um, have really been helpful to me. And, um, and then, um, I also, um, this year got certified as a, um, a coach for, a, an app called YNAB. It's, you need a budget. And so I do financial coaching as well, um, for people, I discovered the app like four years ago, and it's just been a life changer for me. It's, um, definitely a game changer. Um, I, I don't really worry about money anymore. I don't live paycheck to paycheck, that sort of thing. So, um, and then I'm looking to get into a coaching program this year. So I can really, um, I I do enjoy being, I feel like for a lot of my friends, I am the person they can talk to because I'm a good listener and, Mm -hmm. uh, and, and people know that, you know, I'm also not a, a gossip, you know, and I, if they tell me something, it stays with me kind of thing. And, yeah. um, and so I just want to, you know, help more people get to a good place. Like, I feel like I'm in a good place and, 
Um, and I think it's possible. I think there's so many different ways you can go with grief and, and that could be different kinds of grief for me. It was losing my husband for some, it could be, you know, divorce or, um, you know, even empty nesters, you know, like suddenly just where you find yourself, like having to reinvent yourself or start mm-hmm. over kind of in a way, um, that kind of, um, kind of growth and, um, after loss is really where my focus is, is, you know, just kind of helping people figure out who you are, like what, and, and that's going to be some trial and error. Like, what do you enjoy? Like, I mean, I've really had to think I'm not, I don't have my husband anymore. We don't, there were things we did together, but we aren't we anymore. And so I have to figure out who I am without us. And, um, so it's been kind of a process and, um, I feel like I've come a long way and I'd love to help other people do the same thing. That's amazing. Thank you. It's, that's one of the, one of the things I love most about being a grief coach is to be able to see that transformation, to see that growth, to see that, that journey, if you Mm want to call it that, or that metabolism, um, if you like that term better um to go from oh man my world just shattered in a million pieces mm-hmm. now what yeah to this i have seen a lot of benefits from this i have seen a lot of good from from this traumatic awful tragic experience right. now how can i help others find yeah. similar growth similar blessings similar silver linings even with the heaviness and the pain of the grief right yeah and I think those silver linings are so important and I think they're sometimes hard to see so if I can help people see them or offer some perspective you know in a gentle way you know I think that helps kind of lift the burden for them a little bit you know Mm -hmm. so it's not so uh, there's a lot of emotions inside and that you know I can say like lots of good things happened with for me after my husband died and that feels really weird to say (laughs) yeah so it's kind of like this mixed emotions of like good things came out of this but I wish it didn't have happened you know like it's just (laughs) it's kind of a weird thing in your brain like you know to be, I mean, it was really hard for me in those early months to be happy. Like I, mm-hmm. I catch myself smiling, like, oh, I, I, I'm not supposed to do that, you know? <laughs> yeah, but it is okay, you know. And really, he would want me to be happy, and and I am. So I know he's proud of me. That's so amazing. Is there anything else you'd like to add for our listeners, for our audience today? Um. I guess, you know, we've covered a lot of ground. I think, um, I just, you know, this just, I think baby steps and silver linings and, um, those are the, the big things, you know, just, just go easy on yourself. Um, and, and know that everybody's, it's so easy to, compare to other people um and and just try not to do that because everybody is is different and 
is on their own journey. And that goes for everything, not just for grief, but you know, like um, it's so easy to get caught up in what other people are doing. And, and one of my other um, favorite quotes is that comparison is the thief of joy. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so true, you know, like, is sometimes you, you would just be fine and not unhappy with what was happening. If you didn't have anybody else to compare it to, you know, if you see other people living a different, you know, what you perceive to be a better situation, like it makes you feel worse about where you are. But a lot of times people, the image they put out there is not reality. Mm -hmm. And you have to remember that too. I mean, people aren't generally posting the horrible things that are happening, having a bad day or this horrible, you know, like, Nobody sharing that. So it's just maintaining that perspective is good too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things that stood out to me most from our conversation today was the concept that we all have a choice. Mm -hmm. Um, We have a choice of, of how we react, how we respond to any situation in life and own your choice honor that choice and like you said don't compare it with somebody else's choice because Mm -hmm. that's their journey and not yours right it's so true yeah because it's so easy to do you know what they're Mm -hmm. doing what you know like and and I think that that happened even with parenting like before I became a parent you know people would people have their kids on a leash, like what, like, but then you have kids and you're like, okay, I see. <laughs> Get it? I understand, you know, so, yeah. um, you know, and even, you know, in something like grief where I'm see other widows and we've all kind of been through the same thing, it's, but it's not the same. Like yeah. they were married to their spouse who was a different person than I, you know, it's all very, personal so you just kind of have to maintain that view that it's just all there's no there should be no comparing or this is better or that's better it's it's all different Mm -hmm. yeah and I think that's a good note to end on it's all different it's all personal right and it's all yeah Yeah. it's all okay (laughs) even when it's not that's okay too (laughs) exactly (laughs) amazing um for our listeners again where can they if they want to learn more about you and your blog and what you're doing where can they find you Uh, my website is swellrising.com and on facebook i am swell rising on instagram i think i left one part out but it's at swell underscore rising so yeah, but um, that's it. And I'd, you know, I'd love to have more people um, join the journey with me. Awesome. And I'll put those links in the show notes as well. Great. Thank you, Suzanne, for sharing your journey and your insights with us. Yes, this thank you really- so much for having me today. This has been wonderful. Yes, it has been. <laughs> it's been such an enriching and engaging experience. It's been another amazing conversation here on Share Your Story, exploring humanity one heart at a time. Thank you listeners for tuning in and receiving these stories. If you appreciated this episode, remember to subscribe to the show so you don't miss out on special subscription-only content. 
If you are struggling with grief and would like to make it more manageable, schedule a call through my website, grievingcoach.com, and I will give you one tool that you can implement today. Until next time, remember that all of our experiences make us who we are and that we can turn grief into growth. You are known and loved in more ways than you could ever imagine. Your voice matters. So share your story.